Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Zoe Church Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. We are jumping into the book of 1 Peter in a brand new series called Go Low. And we're talking about the power of humility versus the power of pride. We're going to jump into today's message, but thank you to every person that likes, subscribes, comments, and shares this podcast. And thank you to every person that partners with us to get the message of Jesus around the world. If you'd like to give, you can go to our website or text Zoe to 77977 and we'll send you a link and you can give right there. But come on, let's jump into part one of Go Low. I want to talk uh, for the next few weeks around this idea of pride versus humility. I want to take a few weeks to talk about what I think is probably one of the most important things that you realize about your life, that your life is either going to succeed or fail based upon your ability to walk in humility rather than pride. And all throughout the scriptures, the Bible teaches us that God loves or God graces those that are humble, but he is opposed, he resists, he is against those that are prideful. And so God never joins with or partners with proud people. He partners with those that are humble. That's why Jesus, the Son of God, why is he lifted up to have the name that is above all? All of the names. It's not because when he walked, he was full of himself. It's because he went low. He gave his life. He didn't come to get. He came to give. He said, I, the son of man, I did not come to be served, but I came to serve. I came to give my life as a ransom for many. So if you want God to have his will in your life, the only way you have a shot is by walking in the spirit of humility. The spirit of humility, which is the spirit of God or the spirit of Jesus. And so we've got to understand the power that is in pride. I don't know if you realize this, but this week we are going to, I I don't want to use the word celebrate. We can recall, we can remember, this week marks three years of COVID-19. It was three years ago this coming week that the world shut down. I don't know if you remember where you were or you remember, you know, how you found out. I was in Alabama. I was in Alabama. I was having some barbecue in Alabama. I was on my way to Sweden and we were watching the news. And I remember having this feeling like I got to book a flight home right now before I get stuck in sweet home, Alabama. And it's been three years since the world shut down. Now, when COVID happened, I don't know what you did, but the first few weeks, all I did was eat. That's all I did for three weeks. A lot of peanut butter and jelly. Somebody say amen. <laughs> peanut butter, jelly time. So I was just eating. After a number of weeks, I was like, I got to start working out. But all the gyms are shut down. So Julia and I, we ordered a Peloton. Any Peloton people in the house? Where are the Peloton folks? We ordered our first Peloton. Now, I'm not a biker. Okay, not a Lance Armstrong guy. I'm a treadmill guy. So I ordered, we ordered the 
the, the treadmill. And so Julie and I started doing this workout class with this great instructor. Her name is Jess Sims. Jess Sims was our, she was our, our drug of choice on Peloton. And, and she did a boot camp workout. That's why we were really into this. And so I'll never forget when we first started doing the boot camp with Jess Sims, every time the class got hard, it's like she knew I was ready to quit. She knew I was throwing in the towel. She knew I was like, you know, you know when like it's like a set of 10, 10 reps, and you get to like four, and you're like, maybe I got six. Maybe I got six. It was like she knew I was going to quit on six, and she would start shouting through that screen, hey, keep going. I know it hurts. I know you don't look good right now. But she'd yell through the screen, no ego, amigo. It was like when she said that line, I was like, oh, it's a word for me. It's a word in season for me right there. I just started to run with that line. No ego, amigo. In fact, I want to preach the first installment of this series right down the title. I want to just say it to you in the spirit of Jess Sims. No ego, amigo. Look at somebody next to you and tell them, no ego, amigo. You can't have an ego. Watch what the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 5. Look at this scripture right here. It says, likewise, you younger people. This is to all the young folks in the church. You young folk, you Gen Zers. Now that I'm older, I can start pe calling people by their generation. Yeah, you know, the Gen Z. So that just made me laugh. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. That's a word for somebody. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility for God resists the proud but he gives grace to the humble therefore verse 6 therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time I want to tell you when God promotes you no man can stop it when God puts his his hand on your life nothing that is formed against you is going to prosper he says, don't let, your, don't let your networking or your LinkedIn or your social media promote you. Remember, if you promote yourself, it's going to be exhausting to keep that up. But if God promotes you, nothing can come against it. So it says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. So the first thing you have to be convinced is that God's hand is mighty and God's hand is powerful and God is sufficient and God is powerful and God is capable. It says, do not... Be filled with pride, but be filled, clothe yourself, put on like a jacket, put on like a coat, like a garment, clothe yourself in humility. I want to show you and teach you what the difference is between humility and pride. Let's look first at humility, hum, or sorry, pride. Pride is a sinful, arrogant, haughty, self-reliant attitude or spirit that causes a person or a clipper team to have an inflated or puffed up view of themselves. Those who are proud think of themselves as better than others and look down on others with contempt. Now, before you get busy thinking about other people's pride, I I think it's always important that we look at our own pride. Pride is cancer to the soul. They say pride is the only disease that makes everybody else sick besides the person that has it. So before we look at the, uh, you know, the plank, the speck in somebody else's eye, let's look at the plank in our own eye. That that haughty, arrogant spirit, the spirit of pride is self-reliant, not God-reliant. The spirit of pride wants all the credit, 
all the attention, all the glory. The spirit of humility wants none of the credit to themselves and all of the credit to God. The arrogant spirit says, look at my intellect. Look at my charm. Look at my wit. Look at my gifting. Look at my talent. But the spirit of humility says, look at my God. Look at my maker. Look at the one that forgave me. Look at the man that called me. Look at the man that changed my life. Look at humility in contrast. Humility is seeing others as we truly, as seen ourselves as we truly are, fallen in sin and helpless without God. Humility is often characterized as genuine gratitude, a lack of arrogance, and a modest view of oneself. So a, a humble spirit is a grateful spirit. A humble spirit has a view. I am a broken person. I am a sinner saved by grace. I've been made by dirt. I'm a nobody trying to tell the world about a somebody. I'm know better than anybody else I don't I don't I don't have anything great outside of what God's given me the only seat I got is not what I got on StubHub it's what God sat me in and I'm nothing without grace that is an accurate view of oneself and this and you got to be careful because in a narcissistic society narcissism wins so we think out here that the more you flex and the more you strut and the more you have that prowess, then you are somebody. You are nothing in the eyes of God when you're arrogant. But when you walk in circumspect sobriety, saying, whoa, that guy is the big deal. That guy owns the cattle on a thousand hills. That guy told the son this morning, you need to get up now, an hour early. You need to get up now. See, see, the more you understand the power of God and the more you understand how God made you, you can even look at your intellect and your wit and your charm and recognize these are just gifts and talents that God has given to you for you to steward for his glory, not your own. The more that you walk in the spirit of humility, you say, I'm not better than anybody. It doesn't matter how much is in my bank account. It doesn't matter the color of my skin. It doesn't matter my socioeconomic background or the city or the last name that I'm from. And none of these things matter. All that matters is that I'm a child of the Most High God. The only royalty I have is the royalty that I found in Jesus. I am a chosen generation. I am a royal priesthood. I am a marvelous light, all due to the fact that Jesus died on the cross for me. You get an accurate view of self and everything is easy. You don't and everything will be reaching and striving and trying to earn. Life will get so hard that you need somebody to shout through a Peloton screen. No ego. I'm eagle. I'm going to give you three things to write down today to encourage you today. Write down number one, kill your pride or your pride will kill you. You got to kill that ego, man. You got to kill that pride. At the root of all devastation is pride. Look at this, Colossians 3. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Put on humility. I want to tell you, the thing that always looks good on you is humility. 
This morning I was rummaging through my closet trying to find, you know, I'm 43 now. I've got chest hair and a car payment. And so I've got to, you know, dress like a, a pastor. And so I was, you know, going through like suit jackets this morning. And I went to pull out this suit jacket. And when I pulled it out, I was like, ah, huh? I don't know, man. You bought that like eight years ago. I don't think that's going to be schmedium. I don't think you're going to fit in that. Like, you're not going to look good in that thing no more. Like, just hang it. You pass it on to somebody that weighs 140, 50, 145 pounds. You're not there no more, bro. The thing that will always look good on you is humility. God says, clothe yourself. Put it on like a daily exercise. No one wakes up in the morning and goes, man, I am just so excited to die to my ego. I'm just so pumped to, to get rid of my pride. No, you've got to clothe yourself in humility. And if you don't do that, your pride is going to destroy your future. Clothe yourself in humility. This is what Jesus, I often think, what was Jesus doing when he slipped away to the wilderness to pray to the Father? I guarantee he was getting his mind right and his heart right, and he was saying to his Father, I'm here only for you. Jesus himself said, I don't have a message except for your message. I don't do anything except for you, what you tell me to do. What was he doing? He's saying, no ego, amigo. It's not about me. It's all about the Father. It's not about my will. It's about your will. It's not about what I want. It's about what you want. You will never walk in the kindness and the compassion and the humility that you require to build your marriage, to build your children, to build your business. The humility that is required is so exuberant that if you don't put it on, it'll never happen. And so we clothe ourselves in humility. We do everything we can. This was Jesus' practice. Look at Philippians chapter 2. Watch this. I love these scriptures here. Speaking of Jesus, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man, and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So Jesus had the ability to say, you know what? If I don't kill my pride, I will not walk out the call of God on my life. If I, don't, if I don't take my ego and say, no ego amigo, and take that thing and crucify it, I'm going to get crucified. You need to understand about pride. I'll never forget when I was, when I was growing up and I first moved to L.A., my freshman year in Bible college, I wasn't really ready to serve God yet. I wasn't really like ready to take ministry serious yet. So my freshman year of Bible college, I was like, just give me one year in L.A., like, just doing my thing. Just one year. And so every weekend, because I was at Bible college, there's only like 300 kids in my school, I would go down to Biola University. Like, that's how you know you're like a sheltered Christian kid when you think the real party is at another Christian school. So, so I would leave my little Christian school for another Christian school. And I'll never forget, when I walked into my buddy's dorm, I, I had a buddy going to Biola the Bible Institute of Los Angeles. And, and when I walked into the dorms, this, my, my buddy, his roommate had this huge poster. I mean, just a mass. It was like the whole wall. And it was only two words. And you'd walk in, it would just boom, hit you. And the two words were, pride sucks. <laughs> you know that song, You're So Vain? I'll bet you think this song is about you. Don't you? You ever listen to that song? You're like, who, me? Couldn't be. It was like I'd walk in there, I'd see the pride sucks and be like, 
yeah, sorry. (laughs) Because pride is that thing that if you don't kill it, it will kill you. You've got to find a way to become like Jesus and to exercise those. They're, they're not demons. You know, you've like, you got to get rid of those demons in your life. No, you don't. You've got to get rid of what you were naturally born into. You were naturally born into sin. And sin is the disease that leads to pride. It's sin. It's the sin issue. It's the sin matter. It's what you were born into. You were born arrogant. You were born prideful. No one, no one was born going like, I just want to be corrected. Man, I just live to be rebuked. Can somebody rebuke me? No, it's, it's the pride issue. And so we've got to do everything we can to, like Jesus, develop the ability. We don't know what Jesus was doing until he was 30. At 12, we see him in a temple. He's listening to ask. So he's not haughty. He's discovering. He's learning. He's developing. At 30, he starts his ministry. I think for 30 years he was getting a spirit of humility in his life so that God could use him beyond his wildest dreams. I'm telling you today that it is possible through Christ. If you're a prideful person today, don't worry. You cannot become humble on your own. But through Christ, I can do all things through Christ that gives me the strength to go low. Maybe you were born like, man, I was born into money. I was born into power. I was born into fame. I was born, this is the way I was, I've always been this way. Just because that was the way you were raised or what was modeled for you does not make it right. Our picture perfect model is Jesus Christ himself. Don't you get drunk on your own gift. The devil himself used to be the worship leader in heaven. He had all the gifting, all the prowess, all the, all the talent, all the beauty. But he stopped worshiping God and he started to worship himself. This city wants to get you and lure you to go, aren't you amazing? Tell the world how great you are. The gospel is about dying to self and telling the world how great God is. Look at what it says of the devil himself. He was one, one time, Exodus 28, your heart became proud on account of your beauty and you corrupted your wisdom because of your splendor. So I threw you to the earth. I made a spectacle of you before kings by your many sins and dishonest trade. You have desecrated your sanctuaries. So I made a fire come out from you and watched it consume you. And I reduced, reduced you to ashes on the ground in the sight of all who were watching. See, the, the devil, where does the devil come from? He's just, he's, he's just got filled with pride. And he, and he started to walk around like, like, like a Fabio. He's like an Old Spice commercial. Look at him, look at me, look at him. Now look at me. Aren't I not fantastic? Like if the devil was around, he for sure would have been speaking in the third person. It is I, Satan. Let's sing. He got obsessed with himself. And I want to encourage you today, get your eyes off of you and get your eyes onto God. The only way that you can clothe yourself in humility is having an appropriate view of self, of saying, I came from dirt. I am a nobody. I am a sinner saved by grace. If it not were for the grace of God, I would be blind. I would be dead. I would not be here today. I am so thankful that God called my name. I am so thankful he pulled me out of pit. I'm so thankful that he showered me with his love. See, if you don't kill your pride, your pride is going to kill you. See, your future, write down number two, your future hinges on humility. See, I think your future, oh, just let me convince you today. Your future is so bright. Oh, what's ahead of you? 
If I were you, I would be smiling going like, man, <laughs> no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can imagine what is in store for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. The Psalm 30, Proverbs 31 woman, she looks at her future and she smiles. Why? Because she knows who God is. The, the question is not if God has a plan or if God wants. No, no. God has a plan for your hope, not for your calamity. Plans to prosper you. That's God's plan for your life. But you'll never walk in God's plan in a spirit of arrogance, in the spirit of pride. It will only be by clothing yourself in humility, dying to your ego, dying to your agenda, dying to your will, praying the Lord's prayer. Not what I want, but what you want. See, that's how you walk in God's purpose. You're not a part of the world's kingdom. You're not a part of the world's structure. The world says you should be arrogant. You should be boastful. You should be proud. God says, sit down, be humble. Thank you for getting the Kendrick Lamar <laughs> reference. I appreciate that. That's how I know I'm preaching as Zoe. Sit down, be humble. Some of us need to be careful because we boast so much. Yeah, yeah, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know. It's like, no, I don't. Tell me more. Yeah, so next year, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about doing this, and now I think we're going to launch that. And then, you know, it's like, yeah, but the bank just closed, bro. I don't know. Look at James 4. Watch how the Bible cautions us to not be, be arrogant. Look at this verse. Come now, come. You who say, you know, today or tomorrow, we're going to go to such and such city, and we're going to spend a year there, and then we're buying and sell, and then we're going to make a profit. Woohoo! Dogecoin. Whereas you do not know what will happen to Elon tomorrow. I mean, to happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. But now you boast in your arrogance, and all such boasting is evil. It is evil to boast. It is evil to brag. The Bible's saying, don't brag about what you got. Don't, don't, don't brag about all your accomplishments. Don't brag about your stuff. It's evil. It's evil. We don't boast about us. We boast about God. I boast in the cross. I boast about the blood of Jesus. He says, you who are arrogant, be careful, man. Be careful. You don't know what you're going to do today or tomorrow. You don't know if a car accident's going to happen. You don't know what's, what, what's going to come your way. You ought to say this way. If the Lord wills, we're going to do this. But it's not my will, it's his will. So you're living with a conscience of God. God is sovereign. God is in control. God is providential. God is good. Oh, come on. Anybody thankful today? I've got a God awareness in my life. Don't be so self-assured self-reliant, self-dependent. I'm not dependent upon my gift or my talent or what I'm going to do. I'm, good. I'm doing what God says. If the Lord wills, we're going to keep building Zoe Church. If the Lord's wills, I'm going to live in Seattle slash LA. That's the weather pattern. If the Lord wills, the Lakers will win this year. Somebody say amen. If the Lord wills, we'll have no more children. Please, God. May it be your will, God. And I, I, I think we got, we got to be careful because, you know, you, you get swept up in the culture. And culture's like, man, if you don't tell them what you're doing, nobody's going to see. Nobody's going to notice where you at. And God will allow you to, with wisdom and humility, build your business.
God will allow you with wisdom and humility to build the brand that God's called you to build. You won't have to do it in the spirit of self-promotion. Remember, those who humble themselves under the mighty hand of God, in due time, God will exalt. Do you know how many business leaders I've talked to that said, man, you can't make this up. I started doing it God's way. I started to tithe. I started to serve. I started to walk with God. And God has done more in my life. Listen, God can do more through, through your business and more through your bank account more through your spirit and more through your life than you could ever think or imagine. He is the God of Ephesians 3.20. And I say we start relying on God, not relying on self. If you want to tap in, don't tap into culture. Tap into Jesus. Tap into his strength and his power and go low. Humble yourself. I'm a nobody. I've got nothing. I'm from dirt. I'm a sinner. And unless you call my name, I would be out in the streets. I would have lost my mind and lost my marriage. But you've been good. It's not the faithfulness of you. It's the faithfulness of God. And the more you understand that, the the, the Bible says, the path of the righteous shines brighter and brighter. The path of the arrogant gets darker and dimmer and smaller because you're all about you. And you get around a prideful, arrogant person, you can just feel it. They don't care about me. They don't care about what I think. They don't care about my family. They don't care about where I'm at. They don't care about my struggles or my issues. They own, they're a me monster. May it be said true of every Jesus follower that we're not me monsters. We're Jesus followers. And those that follow Jesus are servants. They are ser- Jesus said, I didn't come to be served by a crew. I came to add and to love and to give. Amen to that? Your future depends upon this. Let me just show you another verse here in Proverbs. Look what, look what it says in Proverbs 16, verse 18. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. So before you ever see decimation, before you ever see a huge crumble and a huge crash, you can go back and trace it back to a spirit of pride. Pride has killed more marriages. Pride has killed more relationships. The distance between two people is always pride. That is the greatest distance between two humans. It's pride. It's arrogance. And so listen, if you want your f- future to have peace, to have tranquility, to have unity, and to have momentum, no ego, amigo. Because pride says, I'm not saying sorry. (laughs) You're right. They never Venmoed me. I'm trying to. It's pride. Pride is the, it's the invisible muscle in your neck that keeps it stiff. I'm not going low. I'm not going low. Humility bows. That's why the Bible says, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our God. Why does God want you to kneel? Because in this posture, he's big and we're small. And if you can't do this with God, you'll never do this with another person in your life. Your future is dependent upon humility. I can't convince you of that enough. Write down number three, worship team. You can come join me. Write this down. Develop a friendship with God. So how do we battle this spirit? How do we battle this arrogance, this sin issue, this disease? How do we get rid of this pride that sucks? How do we, how do we develop this? I'll tell you, we develop humility through a relationship with Jesus. There's no Jesus follower that wakes up tomorrow. It's like, all right, I'm going to become humble. 
No, the closer you get to God, the more you're like, oh yeah, I, I am, I am, woo! I'm a nobody. And I, be, I develop an accurate view of who I am. It, listen, humility is not thinking less of myself. Humility is the ability to think more about others. When you're prideful, you can't think about anybody but you. Pride th thinks through the lens of how does this affect me? How does this improve me? How does this serve me? And how does this help me? Humility thinks, how does this help them? How can I serve them? How can I develop them? How can I give to them? That's the spirit of humility. And the way you develop humility is, have you ever heard that? Have you ever heard that, that phrase, birds of a feather flock together? Have you ever, you ever heard that line, like attracts? The only people that God ever turns away are the prideful. But the humble he invites, come, come, come. Come drink, come sit, come laugh. Sinner, come, come, come. But the arrogant, the ones that walk around and go, God, <laughs> I am so glad I don't believe what they believe. I'm so glad I didn't vote the way they vote so glad I didn't act the way they act. They are the worst. The only people that God turns away are the prideful. He resists them, but the humility, the humble, he says, come, come drink, come, come get full, come, come get washed, come, come drink from the rivers that you'll, will never make you thirsty again. Develop a relationship with God. This is why Moses, this is why Moses was so powerful. Moses in the Bible, if you don't know anything about Moses, the Bible says in Numbers that Moses was the most humble man on the face of the earth. Now, it's okay for the Bible to say that about somebody. It's not okay for you to say that about yourself. That no one should be sitting here today going like, boring message, crushed that years ago. Because if you're here telling me about how humble you are, this message is for you. No ego, amigo. Moses was the most humble man on the face of the earth. Put up the verse in the book of Numbers. Moses was the most humble man. He was humbled. He was the most humble man in the face. There was no one more humble. I pray that we get into a competition of humility at Zoe. We stop, be, be, stop trying to like, you know, like brag and look, look at where I'm at and look at what I'm doing and look at who I know and look at where I've been. Look at how much I've made. I say instead of bragging about us or boasting about us, we get better in competition about boasting about God. Look at what God's done. Look at the mirror Look at the signs. Look at the wonders. Come on, clap, Zoe. If you're down to just boast in the Lord. So last verse today in Exodus, watch what it says of Moses, because he was humble. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. Do you think God was talking to people who were arrogant and prideful like this? No, he was talking to, to Moses because Moses went low. And God said, I can treat you like a friend. I can treat you, I can invite you into my inner circle, not because of your intellect, your wit, your prowess, your pride. I can invite you in because of your humility. I can use that spirit. I can use that. I, I, and, and of course Moses was humble. Moses stuttered and God used him. Moses stood before a Red Sea and watched it split in half. Moses is walking through the Israelites going like, I'm not a good pastor. 
oh, we're in COVID. This is not good. This is not going to end good. They don't even like me. And God was like, pillar of cloud by day, fire by night to lead you, fresh manna in the morning, fresh shoes every day. He's like, God, it's all you, not me. I know I'm just a, I'm a stuttering servant. You know, it, Moses stood on a mountain and the glory of God showed up and he gets the Ten Commandments. The glory of God will make you humble. You can't stand in the glory of God and be arrogant. You can't stand in the glory of a great, awesome, mighty, powerful God and stay boastful about you. Because when you stand in the presence of God, you're like, whoa. Whoa. You ever see somebody that thinks they're a big deal and they get around somebody that is actually a big deal? And you see the, the, you see the person that thought they were a big deal and they kind of go like, I'm telling you, the more close you get to Jesus and the more you develop a friendship with God, the more you can say, man, who am I? Tomorrow, I don't know what tomorrow brings, but all I know, if the Lord wills, if God is wanting to do this, then we're going to walk in that. Amen. Stand to your feet. Father, we thank you today that you're an awesome God.